everybody, this is Cindy Fish. You are listening to the At His Feet podcast. I want to invite you today to set aside your whirlwind of busyness and mental to-do list to have a seat beside me at the feet of Jesus. Now let's pursue Him together. Thank you for listening. Hello. Welcome to episode 11. I just wanted to start by saying thank you so much Thank you to each person who has shared the podcast with a friend and spread the word about the podcast. Thank you to each person who has consistently listened. I think it's so cool. But I'm saying thank you today because the podcast has hit 5,000 listens, and I think it's so cool. It's a lot to me because I, if you listen from episode one, you will know that I said in the very beginning that I started this with the intention of saying, if no one listened, if no one cared what I had to say, I would still do it. I started the podcast with the intention of getting over myself and not being scared of everything. And that's what I've done. I'm working on it. I am still scared of a lot of things, but I'm working on it. And I'm just trying to be willing to what God has pushed me towards. And while I did start it out with being about me, you know, the more messages that I've gotten of episodes that have touched you or spoke to you or that God, you know, used something that I said to answer a question that you had or to speak to a situation in your world, as those have come in and as you've, you know, befriended me, different ones, things like that. It's turned to not being about getting over myself. It's turned to being just, I don't know, so just excited that you're choosing to listen and excited that God's choosing to use the words that He's put in my my heart through the years and the lessons that He's taught me, that He's chose to use those to help someone else. And so I do think it's really cool, and I am very grateful And it has been very unexpected because I really did believe that no one would want to listen. But today, I'll talk about today. We'll hurry up and get to it. Today, we are home. And so, you know, home is happy for me and for my family. We love the road, but we love, love, love home. And I think it's so exciting to be home because we're gone so much. If we are here all the time, I don't think it would be as exciting. I don't know. But in being home, we got to go to our home church this week on Tuesday night, which is really great. And we got to see all our friends and hear our pastor and our bishop teach. But most of all, I got to spend some time with a few friends on Tuesday night. They agreed for my sake, because I asked them, and for yours, to write letters to a younger version of themselves, what they wish they would have known at the time, lessons they've learned since then, things like that. One of my friends said, I can't wait to hear how these come together. And so as they came together and I was editing, I was kind of listening to see if there was like a flow or if there were similarities. And what I thought was so cool is each of us are from completely different backgrounds, grew up in different cities, had completely different home lives. We're all different ages. But what was really cool was that there were so many similarities. And some of the 
common things that we had in common that we spoke to in our letters was anxiety, depression, the weight of expectation, loneliness, not feeling enough, not being enough, all of those things. And you know, when you feel those things in the moment, you feel alone. But when you listen to somebody else's voice saying things that you have experienced or somebody else's perspective on a place that not you've experienced, but a place that you're in right now, you feel a little less alone. And so I hope that as you listen, that you can take something away from at least one of our stories that we share and that you will just be blessed by what my friends have decided to share. I'm so thankful for each of them that were willing to just pour their heart out on paper and share it in this setting. It is not easy, and they were each so gracious and very quickly said, yes, I would love to. I want to actually say thank you to each of them. Thank you, Kendra Wade, for telling part of your story I remember meeting you in the beginning of that story. We came around Abundant Life at the same time, similar time period. I watched you as you have grown and as you've gotten married and as you've walked in ministry. And I just am so proud of who you are. And I am so proud to call you my friend. I think that you are incredible. And I think that incredible things lie ahead for you. And you don't need me to say those things but I mean it. I mean it from a very bottom of my heart. Thank you to Bethany Jennings for uh, writing your letter. You are one of a kind. And I told Taylor, he listened as I was editing, and I said, there is only one Bethany, and your voice and your personality came out so easily in your letter. You have, as far as what I have seen through the past several years, you have never had a problem being yourself. And I have always admired that about you. I'm thankful for your friendship. I'm thankful that you are genuine and you're true. And I'm thankful that you're consistent. And I appreciate you so much. And I appreciate um, your friendship in my life. Even if we don't see each other a lot, even if we don't get to stop and talk a lot, I hope you know that I appreciate you. Thank you to Morgan Hill. Thank you for being vulnerable and very open in your letter. Thank you for sharing your heart and being true, even from a place that wasn't very far removed from now. I know that was not easy to do, but you did it, and I know that it will help someone You are incredible, and I just believe in you. And you know this. I think that you can literally do anything that you choose to do. You are are good at everything that I've ever seen you do. You have the most crazy talents, but most of all, you are a wonderful person, and you've always been a good friend to me. You have grown so much through the years that I've known you, and even (laughs) through the years of when you first got to Abundant Life. And I was only visiting, and we would sit on the same pew together because uh, we didn't want to sit by ourselves, but we also weren't brave enough to uh, go and just plop down beside everyone else. (laughs) In those moments, you were my best prayer partner. You were fun. You were outgoing. 
you are kind, you are passionate about the things of God, and I appreciate that about you, that no matter what you're doing in the kingdom, that you are enthusiastic about it and always giving everything all you have. I appreciate you, and I love you so much. Thank you, Kayla Grant, for uh, sharing your letter. I thought it was neat the way that each of y'all's personality came out. And of course, yours was a number-by-number list and very detailed. And uh, I thought it was so good. And you shared so many things that will help others. We have a lot of memories together from being uh, roommates. It seems like in that season, it was come and go, and we were always going different directions, but the moments where we got to slow down and spend time together, I always enjoyed them, and I always loved getting to hear your perspective on things. I think that you are so strong and resilient, and I think that you are absolutely incredible. I'm so thankful for what God has done in your life. It's beautiful to see the way that God has put all the pieces together in the last couple of years for you. And I know that this is just the beginning of that. And and I can't wait to watch and see how, how God uses you and Alan as one in ministry. I know that you are an ultra planner, but you also have a lot to say and a lot of wisdom to share. And I appreciate that you were willing to share it, even if you were nervous. You did incredible. Thank you so much. To Megan Van Dorn, thank you so much for sharing your heart today. Your letter was so heartfelt and so genuine, and you said every single word better than I ever could have. Your voice was so calm and so sweet, and I just, I haven't had a whole lot of time to spend with you But the moments that I have spent with you, the moments that I have gotten to speak with you, you have just been so open and warm and inviting. And I believe the way that you carry yourself speaks volumes about you. You are so classy and such a lady and definitely one to be admired by the girls of the generation behind us. I think that you're awesome and I can't wait to get to know you more. I hope that you'll come and listen today as my friends and I share our hearts over these letters and maybe leave you thinking, if you could talk to a younger version of yourself, what would you say? Whatever it is that you would say to a younger version of you, I encourage you to share it with someone. There's a younger generation that is looking for answers, looking for advice, looking for help. And if you've already been there and done that, why not save them some heartache? I know that me in my life, it's a blessing when someone shares their heart with me, when someone, you know, takes it upon themselves to reach out as a mentor to me. And I just encourage you to do that for someone else. Dear 16 year old me, I know you feel lost and hurt. I know you don't understand why, and I get that you want to give up. I understand all of this because I am you. I remember the anger I felt when my mom said we were moving across the country again. I remember the hurt that consumed me and was beginning to build the wall that would protect me. If no one is allowed in, then I wouldn't be hurt, right? Wrong. The wall is the very thing that will make you hard to the things of God. 
Soon you will not know true happiness. Depression will creep into your world. You will question your purpose. Your mind will be filled with lies. Is this where you give up? No. No, it's not. You keep pushing because you remember hearing the prayers of your mother pleading with God, saying, I dedicated them to you. They are in your hands. The very hands that formed you still hold you. The walls that you spent years building and perfecting to keep everyone out, you will soon realize that those very walls are so high and so thick that even God himself can't get to you. Not because he doesn't want to, but because you won't let him. Every time you go to prayer, you plead with God to help you remove the walls. Every day, more and more light will come into your world. You will laugh like you used to for the first time in years, and you will realize that nothing can replace the joy of the Lord. You begin to take steps over what is left of your wall, and you begin to step into the purpose of your life. So 16-year-old me, don't give up. Joy is coming. Purpose is coming. But first, you must remove your walls and trust in Him. Every day, I pray this prayer, and I encourage you to start praying it now. God, break me down so that you can build me back up the way you want me to be. Love your 26-year-old self. Dear 17-year-old me, you are not broken beyond repair. There is definitely more to life than what you have been living. You know this, but I know that you don't see a way out. But there is a God who loves you. Yeah, even in the middle of the messy situations that you keep placing yourself in, He sees you. He knows you. And one day, He will deliver you from the hurt and the turmoil of the life that you live now. I know that the anxiety that surrounds you is so strong that you physically feel ill at times. But there will be a day that you know peace. Just wait. Just hold on. His name is Jesus, and you will know Him. Not just sing His songs or be comforted by attending a church service, but actually know Him. He will pull you close as soon as you let your guard down. Living for Him, life will not be perfect. Struggles will not cease. But in living for Jesus, you will know true joy complete acceptance, unchanging love, love that doesn't waver whether you do right or wrong, but love that is constant and always forgiving and always reaching, and you'll know abundant peace. All the things that you've really been searching for all along, God has a plan for you, a perfect plan. How precious are His thoughts towards you. He is with you, and when you are ready, Reach for Him. Don't wait too long. He's waiting on you. Love your 28-year-old self. Dear 20-year-old me, I know you're tired. I know you're lonely, even though you're surrounded by people. But people come with a lot of expectations. You may earn people's approval, but you can't earn God's favor with your achievements. You're working so hard, but why? Whose expectations are you trying to live up to anyways? You're so exhausted. It's no wonder you're an emotional basket case, as you were so delicately called. And by the way, you're weird. But you've known that since you found out what bullying was when you were nine. Maybe that's why you keep trying to earn approval from people. You're not a trophy or someone's bragging rights. And it's okay to be weird, because guess what? 
God gets to use your weirdness. That tenderness, a.k.a. emotional basket casedness, that's not a word. It's fine. Anyways, your tender heart and ever-present emotions are allowing you to feel what God's heart feels. And his heart breaks, too. And it gets lonely, too. I know it's difficult being weird and knowing you're weird. And because of that difficulty, it's easy to believe that nobody will ever truly see you or truly know you, much less fully love you once they do know you. Kind of makes you want to not talk to anyone and save everyone the trouble of you disappointing them. But just keep working for God, because while you're working for him at church camp this year, guess what? Bro, Fish is about to introduce you to this guy. Joker is fine. And he meets every item on your husband list you've been praying over for years. Tall, dark, and handsome. By the way, there's a surprise in that. You don't know how dark. Your relationship won't be like a fairy tale. It's more like a comic tragedy. Okay, a few tragedies, actually. But it's full of romance and self-realization. You're going to get so many confirmations. And God is going to bless your union in utterly ridiculous ways. Later, you'll find out the very reason you thought nobody would ever love you is in fact the reason David chooses you. You're so weird. I married you because you're different, and I love that about you. So, yeah. I know it gets lonely living up to everyone's expectations but your own, but hold on. Keep loving Jesus and living in the will. You're about to experience God-given companionship, and you're about to understand what a gift your weirdness can be. Love and trust your 31-year-old self. P.S. You're pretty cool now. Well, I think so anyways. Dear 23-year-old me, let me start off by saying this. You will make it through this season. It seems impossible. You feel stuck, buried, and forgotten, but I promise you will make it. You will look back on this season and see a level of growth that you didn't expect. You will see opportunities and doors open that you never thought would. It will get better. If I could tell you anything right now, it would be this. God doesn't need you to prove yourself to Him. His love is not conditional to the amount of time you spend actively working for the kingdom. Your busy schedules full of plans, fundraisers, meetings, etc. will never make Him love you any more. And your failures will never make Him love you any less. If I could tell you one thing, it would be to remind you of this simple statement. Jesus loves you, and He just wants you. You cannot hide your true feelings from Him. He already sees and knows that your outward busy calendar and productive days don't match your inner depression, anxiety, and self-doubt. So you might as well be real before the one who really knows you. God is not human. Stop looking at Him as if He is. He's not won over by favors, time spent designing graphics, coming up with youth nights, or decorating for events. There's nothing wrong with these things, but please remember, you can't do it all. It's impossible. I know you're just trying your best to survive, to keep your head above water, to make everything look right on the outside. But inside, you can't seem to figure out if you really trust God's plan. Morgan, trust God's plan. As basic as it sounds, remind yourself every day, I am loved by my Creator. Start finding time to be alone with Him as soon as you can. Read Matthew six twenty-five through 35 over and over. Memorize as much scripture as you can, but specifically these two. 1 Peter 5, 7 Casting all your cares on Him because He cares for you. Jeremiah 1 and 5 Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. 
and before you were born I consecrated you. Anxiety does not define you. You haven't failed because you feel anxious. Wake up in the mornings and spend time with God. It will make all the difference. Remember, His yoke is easy and His burden is light. If you feel like a pack mule carrying too much, you're probably doing it wrong. It's not God's will for you to be constantly weary. That's not His plan for you. Let Him carry you. Through dark seasons, big victories, and everyday busyness, let Jesus carry you. You are more than the talents you have to offer to the kingdom. You are loved by the one who created you, and that is the most important relationship you will ever have. Love your 24-year-old self. Dear 24-year-old me, your wedding is coming. I know that mixed with the obvious and expected excitement of marriage is a sense of nervousness for you. Nervous that you won't be enough. Nervous that you won't meet expectations in ministry. Nervousness as you wonder, how in the world will you know how to have a healthy marriage and fight fair as you keep hearing when a good bit of marriage that you have seen was messy? Screaming and adultery. Those are the examples and you wonder If maybe everyone is that dysfunctional behind closed doors, even church people. But I will tell you this. No, everyone is not that unhappy. Marriage takes work, but it is wonderful. And the best thing that you've ever done, other than living for God. I'm only five years down the road, but I promise you and your husband will be best friends. He will teach you to truly love yourself, flaws and all, and will really be the first to help you believe that there is value in you, with Jesus' help, of course. You will not be what you have seen. You will break generational curses. Spewing hate and breaking things in arguments will not be your story. A peaceful home does exist, and it can and it will be yours. And your husband will be faithful to you. All men are not what life's experience has taught you. Yours will be tender and faithful to you. He will be a man of God above everything else. You can trust in that. I also want to tell you that you won't meet expectations of being a minister's wife. That's probably not what you wanted to hear. You won't meet the expectations of others. And you won't meet the expectations that you have placed on yourself. Let them go now. And be okay with just being you. You've recently uh, received the best advice for a soon-to-be preacher's wife. You don't listen for quite some time, but I wish you would listen now. Don't hide behind him. Walk beside him. You can't hide behind Him. You can't hide behind His gifts or His passion or His anointing or His larger-than-life personality. All things that you absolutely love and admire about Him. But the place that's intended for you to walk is beside Him. Hand in hand. You will feel much more fulfilled and much less inferior when you choose your proper place. You are a team And if you are in hiding, your team can't operate at 100%. So I wish you would choose to walk beside Taylor early on. Don't wait for years. 
I know that you're okay with being in the shadows. You are fully comfortable with not being noticed or receiving recognition for anything you do. But you and I both know that fear mixed with pride is the real reason behind your hiding. You don't have to be afraid of being open and vulnerable. You don't have to be afraid of being yourself. What I know now is that at the core of his spirits, you don't believe that you're enough. Jesus has healed so much in you in the last five years, but you have yet to let him really get to your self-worth. Open up and let him in. He sees all and knows all anyway. He's seen every mistake, every shameful act, everything. Like the psalmist said, God has searched you and known you. When he saw it all, he still chose to know you. And can I tell you that the points of shame in your story that you hate to share, that you never want to talk about, those will be some of your greatest strengths. Being open and honest with others and letting God get the glory through your testimony will be such a strength to you if you'll just be available and be open. You are enough because Jesus has made you enough. His strength is made perfect in your weakness. And whatever place in ministry that you feel like you are lacking, don't be afraid to walk in it anyways. God always makes up the difference. And when you choose to do the things that you are least confident in, I know that's not your nature. (laughs) It's definitely not your tendency. You only like to do what you're good at. You only like to do what you feel confident in because then it's your strength, right? But if we really mean God less of me and more of you, then we need to let him. We have to get ourselves out of the way that God can do what he wants to do. And I'll tell you this, when you choose to do the things that you are least confident in, that's when he'll truly show up anyways. So I'll just remind you, walk hand in hand with your husband, the precious gifts that God has given you. Be intentional about building a strong marriage, cherish him and be his biggest cheerleader and he will do the same for you. It's going to be great. You have nothing to worry about. Love your 28-year-old self. Dear 24-year-old Kayla, five points that you need to understand. Number one, it's simple, but you forget to do this a lot. Just breathe. Don't forget to breathe. I know this seems silly, but you can overwhelm yourself. It helps with the stress, relief, and relaxing. Number two, let God purge you. To purge means to rid someone or something of an unwanted quality, condition, or feeling. Take a season in life and really let God work in you. Get rid of things that you have allowed to build up for years by busying yourself so much that you're going to explode. Not just in the kingdom, but just in life. You don't always have to be going. You don't have to have someone with you. Or you be with someone distracting you from the healing that God wants to do. Because you know if you sit still long enough and be alone with God... It requires you to be vulnerable, and that's hard for you, but it's necessary. In your prayer time, allow time for God to speak to you. Linger in His presence. Purging requires a process. 
processes aren't meant to be easy or fast. It's a series of actions, so be patient and remember that the process is important. It will not only help you heal now, but it will give you all the right ingredients for a healthy relationship. Whether it be friends, family, your husband, or your kids, it's okay for you to take time for yourself. Love yourself. Love who you are. Love your best qualities, your bad qualities. Don't see the bad ones as you not being good enough, but let it be a reminder that you need others. Be okay with not knowing how to do everything. Remember to love your laugh. Love your quirkiness. And once you begin to love yourself, it's a sign of healing. You are good enough. You are a masterpiece. Take time for just you. Treat yourself. You deserve it. Number four, enjoy the season of life that you are in. I'm sure you've heard it before. Don't compare your chapter three to someone else's chapter ten. I know it's hard when you see others being blessed with spouses and kids. Your time will come. Remember, God's time isn't our time. When He knows you are ready, it will happen for you and it will be perfect. And it will all make sense. Remember to not get so consumed with the future that you forget to enjoy the moment and the people that you are with. You can't go back in life and relive those moments. I know that you're a planner, but don't forget to be spontaneous. You will remember those times more than the times you planned out everything. Connect with new people. Stay connected to the right people. Number five, trust. It's hard to do, but it's a must. Trust that he understands what you're feeling. Trust that he knows the end to the beginning and the beginning to the end. Remember, he sees the whole picture. You are only seeing what is in front of you. Trust the shepherds whom you are under. They are on your side. Trust, trust, trust the God that created the beautiful self that you are. Love your 30-year-old self. Dear 25-year-old me, It's been a few years, but I still remember you so vividly. At this point in life, you will have finally found your niche. You'll have a good life, a new car, living on your own, a successful career. Life seems pretty great to the outside world, but truth be told, you will soon be entering the hardest and most impactful season of your life. Get ready. It will be a bumpy ride, but you can do this. In this season, you will learn to hear and trust the voice of God in your life. I know you've always lived for God and sought His will, but this time you're going up a level. You will experience extreme loneliness and heartbreak. You will question God's goodness and wonder why life just seems to go right for everyone but you. Your sacrifices will seem to go unnoticed, and at times you'll wonder if living for God is even worth it. But don't worry, those feelings won't last forever. Because it's during the darkest moments of sheer emptiness when you have fought in prayer all night for your way that you will find yourself lying in a crumpled ball on the floor in complete surrender to God. And for the first time in your life, you'll experience what Philippians 4 and 7 describes as the peace of God which passes all understanding. As you prepare for this season, I want to give you some advice. First, life doesn't always go according to plan, and that's okay. Dream big, but never forget Isaiah 55 and 8, which reminds us that His ways are not our ways, and His thoughts are not our thoughts. Don't spend your prayer time begging God to give you insight into your future. It's always a blessing when God steps in and gives you a glimpse of His plans for you, but there is a depth to your relationship with God that will only come with complete surrender to His will, 
without actually knowing his plan. If we always knew the plan of God, it would be so easy to become overwhelmed, intimidated, and fearful. When life deviates from the plan, just keep walking and trusting. Learn to walk by faith and not by sight. You were never promised that you would understand everything, but you were promised His direction when you trust and seek His will. Second, don't underestimate the small battles because they are preparing you for larger battles in the future. If you can't pass these tests, you'll never be able to pass the bigger tests that are coming. Learn to stay faithful now. Learn to endure through hardship and loneliness. Just like David, there will come a day when you face a Goliath and are able to stand unafraid because you have stones in your pocket, which serve as memories of God's faithfulness in your past. Our God never changes. If He did it then, He can still do it today. Third, I know it's cliche, but take time to smell the roses. Life truly does pass so quickly. Being an adult is fun, and it's exciting to have a family, your own home, money, cars, etc., but never forget that in order to gain those things, you are trading off one of life's greatest commodities, time. Laughter with best friends that you'll never get back. Places you'll only get to visit once and forever try to recreate in your dreams. Memories with those precious grandparents that covered you in prayer your whole life. I know you're busy and you get tired of them always worrying about you being on the road, but hug them extra tight for me today. You won't realize how much you need and miss them until they're gone. Fourth, learn how to budget. Life is going to get tough from here. College is worth it, but it comes with a high price tag. Be disciplined enough to say no to yourself and to others, and stop feeling guilty when you can't help. You didn't get them into their financial difficulties, and it's not your responsibility to get them out. Friends will still love you even if you don't pay for their food. It's okay to pass on the expensive lunches, clothes, and trips, and instead put a little bit extra back in savings. Yeah, I know, easier said than done. Finally, you are loved just for being you and not for how much you help or give to others. Jesus loves you more than you could ever comprehend, and His goodness is not based on your own merit, but simply on the fact that He is good and full of unfailing love, mercy, and grace. In his time, your blessings will come too, and you'll understand why that relationship didn't work out or why you didn't get that dream job. Learn to be sensitive to God's drawing on your spirit. There will be days when life seems overwhelming and you become anxious, but instead of turning to friends or activities to distract you, first, find a place of prayer to get your spirit in tune with his. If not, it will be easy to become resentful. Your deepest moments of loneliness are there to prepare and propel you into the purpose of God. The magnitude of your loneliness is directly related to your spiritual momentum. The more empty of yourself you are, the more full of God you can be. Remember, it never works the other way around. You still have many wonderful memories and years ahead of you. I can't wait for you to see what's coming down the road. The loving and godly man you prayed for your whole life two beautiful daughters, an amazing church family, and so much more. I pray you continue to seek after God and not cheap thrills. Those will never, ever fill the God-shaped void created in you. I pray you find God's peace on the sad days, His joy in the ordinary moments, and His grace through your mistakes. 
remember how special you are. Keep your head up. Life's just getting started. Love your 32-year-old self.